Well, imagine rowing 5,000 kilometers across the Atlantic to raise money for ocean conservation. That is exactly what four marine scientists are going to be doing. And one of those scientists is joining me on the line now. Lauren Shea is a master's student at the UBC Institute for Oceans and Fisheries. Lauren, thank you so much for taking some time this morning. Thanks for having me. This is uh, sounds like such a daunting row and uh, th- that's coming up. How did you get involved or how did this all come about? Yeah, so I have we've been preparing for this for the last three years, but it actually all started when I, I've been working on sailboats for the last few years. And I was based in Antigua, which is actually where this race, the world's toughest row, finishes. And I was lucky to see the race finish in both 2020 and 2021. And the the first time I saw it finish, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I don't know why or how people do that. And then the second time I saw it finish, for some reason, it seemed less crazy. And I texted some friends to see if they wanted to do it with me. And here we are at the start line now. (laughs) So you've gone from that's that's nuts. So why would anyone do that to here you are now you're going to be uh, in that boat. So tell me a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the boat and how do you prepare for something like this? Yeah, so the boat is a 28-foot ocean rowing boat. It's um it's pretty it's pretty advanced for for its small size. It has two cabins, one on either end on the bow and the stern, which are just about big enough for a person to lay down um and sleep in and store all of your your clothes in. And then in between those two cabins, we have the rowing deck, which is where there are three rowing stations um, where people can be rowing because that's the only way, that's our only means of propulsion. Um, And we usually only have two people on deck rowing at a time. And we've actually been preparing for this race for the last three years. We had no idea where where to start. So we kind of spent the first year building our campaign, figuring out what we wanted to do with it and and trying to see how you even purchase an ocean rowing boat and then um, figured out how how to get a used boat from a team who had had rowed her before and um, and then since then have been training on the boat on the water as much as we could as well as lots of physical training and and, uh, mental resilience training back home because we're all kind of spread across North America. How long will you be at sea rowing? We'll be rowing for roughly um, 40 to 55 days. There, it's a, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a big window, and that's just because it depends a lot on the weather that we get. If we have fair winds and following seas the whole way across, which is every sailor's dream who's making this crossing, um, then we're looking at closer to six weeks. If we have less wind or we have wind in the wrong direction, then it might take us a little bit longer. And how do you work it then with the rest of the crew as far as sleeping and eating and and rowing and, and getting all of that done? Yeah, so we are on a constant watch rotation. So at no point is the do we stop rowing or um, or anchor the boat. Obviously, we're going to be in really deep water, far away from anything for the whole way. So we um, switch off two hours on and two hours off from the point that we leave Lagomera uh, on Wednesday 
until we reach Antigua, hopefully by the end of January. So you're when you're on deck rowing, that's your two hour shift. And then you have two hours off when someone switches in for you um, to sleep or eat or use the bathroom or do whatever you need to do before before your next shift two hours later. And I understand well, you'll be taking everything you need on the journey. What about food? What does the, the menu look like? <laughs> the menu uh, looks like a lot of dehydrated kind of like backpackers camping meals um, that we can rehydrate using um, just using water that we make with our desalinator on board, um, which takes seawater and turns that into fresh water. Um, and then we also have lots of snacks. So we actually have 4,000 calories worth of food per person per day um, mm-hmm. for up to 55 days at sea. So honestly, the entire boat is mostly made up of, of food. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is there a support crew? You mentioned the weather and how the weather can turn so quickly. Uh, is there a support crew that's there in case uh, something goes wrong? No, so it's an unsupported race. Um, so each boat, as soon as we leave shore, we, you know, we're not allowed to receive like physical support. So there's no boat following us um, to help us when we need it. We have satellite phones, so if we need um, if we need assistance over the phone, like from a doctor, or um, we can't quite figure out how to fix an issue on board with something like in the electrical system, we can we can call out and try to. Um, get someone on the phone who can help us, but that's that's the only support we can have. Besides that, it's it's just us out there. And I know you said you've been preparing for for years, for a few years, and and doing all of this training. Do you feel ready, or or, or is there ever a point where you actually would feel ready, completely ready for something like this? <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think we're feeling really ready. We're, we're definitely very excited to get off the dock. It's We've now been in La Gomera for nearly two weeks. So, you know, the dock is just buzzing. Everyone just wants to get offshore. Everyone's doing their last minute, you know, checks. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of excitement here right now. But um, there's always a degree of uncertainty of like, oh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a little bit scary. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. But I guess that's part of the adventure and, and the reason, you know, part of part of why you do this is to kind of see what you can do and be exposed to all these different conditions. So but we're excited to get going and, and feeling good. How many boats are participating? Do you know? There's 38 boats this year. Hmm. And will you see them then after you leave or once you're out on the open water, that's everybody rows and that's it? Yeah, after day one, it's pretty unlikely that we'll see another rowing boat. It, it's very possible that we'll see, you know, maybe like a sailing yacht or a, or a big cargo ship. But the rowing boats are so low to the water, like only about a meter tall. Mm. Um, so and a lot of the times we're going to have waves that are bigger than a meter. So even if they were, you know, not that far away, it'd be really hard to see them just because we're so low in the water. And uh, how can people follow along? And again, I know you're raising money, raising half a million dollars for oceans and sustainability. How can people follow along once you start rowing on the 13th? 
Yeah, so it, it people can check out our website at saltyscience.org. And we also um, we have a social media team that will be taking photos that we send them from offshore and posting, you know, updates of how we're doing. Um, and our Instagram handle is at saltyscienterowing. So that's a great way to kind of follow along with our, our journey. And we're working really hard to... Um, try to get every mile of the journey sponsored so it takes it's 3,000 miles to get across the Atlantic and if we could um, get every one of those miles sponsored that would be you know $300,000 that could immediately go to our the organizations we're raising money for so that's a really great way to to help support us. It is an amazing adventure, and I know so many people will be following along and supporting you all the whole way. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for having me. That is Lauren Shea, master's student at the UBC Institute for Oceans and Fisheries, and again, part of that 5,000-kilometer row.